0: does B stand for in LGBTQI?
1: I don't know. I don't know. What is the B stand for? I don't I have no idea.
2: Bisexual, well, they've got their own things to do, haven't they? It's just, you've got to let them do what they do. That's what life's about. Just accept it as for what it is.
0: What is a bisexual, yes. I believe it's someone that like every kind of person, even if it's female or male. and Someone who likes more like more, more than,
3: than one more.
0: person. Yeah. Because there's the word bi, is mean two.
3: It means that they're like women and men.
0: Open minded. Free.
3: Somebody who's not limited by having sex with one person. Confused. Yeah.
1: Do people still even describe themselves as bisexual? Well,
3: I suppose they could,
1: you know, renew it with a shorter term, I must
3: admit every year they seem to add another letter to it. Yes, I think they can be faithful.
4: Well, I think bisexuals are probably one of the most misunderstood LGBTQ plus sexualities out there because there's a lot of misinformation spread about it, like they're greedy or that they will cheat on people with their partner.
0: If you're in love with somebody, you're in love with somebody. It doesn't matter colour, creed, sex. If you love somebody, you love somebody, don't you? If they're going to cheat on you, they cheat on you anyway, whether, whether it were with a man or with a woman. It makes no difference. you got to trust each other, are not you?
4: It's like, oh you're just putting it on you're actually straight or oh, you're actually just gay or lesbian but you don't want to admit it so it's not
0: it's not easy for them don't bother me does it bother you what? about people being bisexual hi and welcome to why by a three-part series on virgin radio pride looking at just what it means to be bisexual in 2021 what's it like being by in a world that can only really see you if you're straight or gay Are bisexual people safe enough? And what are some of the myths about bisexuality that still prevail? I'm Nikki Hodgson. I'm a broadcaster and author who has spent a career communicating on matters of the heart, loins, and everything in between. I first came out as bisexual in my late 20s, and I've rejoiced in using the label ever since. But last year, I married my husband, who just so happens to be straight. And more recently, I've begun to wonder if I should still be calling myself bisexual don't get me wrong, my sexuality hasn't shifted just because my marital status has. After all, before I met my husband, I also dated some people that identified as female and some as trans male. I'm definitely not a straight woman and never will be. No, these thoughts I've been having have less to do with getting hitched and far more to do with the current debate on the plurality of genders and sexual orientations. So while bisexual is the label I've always thought best described how I think of myself, is it time to put it to bed?
1: this idea that people are gay or straight or bi is very much a Western construct. Elsewhere in the world, traditionally, before the imposition of this binary, people were a far more fluid um, combination. And in parts of the world that have not been severely influenced by Western epistemologies, that still maintains.
0: To begin with, meet Mark.
1: I'm Mark Gavissa. I'm a South African author and journalist and the author most recently of a book called The Pink Line, Journeys Across the World's Queer Frontiers.
0: Mark Gavissa is a journalist who's investigated and written about LGBT plus life for more than 20 years. And his book, The Pink Line, charts how globalisation has changed life for LGBT plus people across the globe. Mark knows a thing or two about why and how we use the labels we do.
1: Well, very interestingly, the notion that you have rights accorded to you on the basis of who you sleep with came about in the very same era that the phrase bisexuality was coined to describe people who were attracted to men and to women. And this was in the late 19th century German world there was a sort of new scientific approach to sexuality and where for the very first time the terms homosexuality and heterosexuality were coined and where people started studying sexuality and understanding it as as something that might be a deviation from the norm and might even be a pathology, something that was... Within the realm of human experience rather than something that is sinful. So the very first people to think about both gay rights or homosexual rights and about bisexuality were sexologists. So bisexuality and gay rights kind of come from the same font, but it's a very, very critical moment in in, in, in Western consciousness. Because it's a moment when sexuality stopped being something you did and became something you were. It stopped being an activity and it became an identity. And initially, there was no identity called bisexual identity, but there were various homosexual identities. Somewhere along that process as well, and we can talk about where and how The identity of bi came about too for people who understood themselves to be neither heterosexual nor homosexual and wanted to join an identity category around that rather than just have it be a description of what they did, have it be a description of who they were.
0: So that was the beginnings of how sexuality, and more specifically bisexuality, became an identity. But something I didn't realize was how common bisexuality really is.
1: Most people who are in the LGBTQ, or not T, let's say the, the LGB alphabet soup, most people who have some kind of homosexual identity or practice actually live as bisexuals. And it may be because of inherent desire, or it may be because of circumstance. Somebody who is um whose primary attraction is to men, but uh, because of the clan or the community or, or the necessity for bloodlines, gets married and ha- with, to, to a woman and, and has a, a full and rich relationship with his wife, even as he sleeps with other men. The inverse can also be true for circ- circumstantial bisexuality. People whose primary attraction may be to the opposite sex, but find themselves in same-sex environments uh, like the army or like prison and find their desires met and comfort in homosexual relationships or interactions. Regardless of whether bisexuality is is circumstantial or inherent or whatever else you want to call it, um, it it is very, very clearly acknowledged and and must be acknowledged as a normal variance of, of sexual behavior perhaps even if you were to believe Alfred Kinsey, the dominant variance of sexual behavior. The Kinsey Report suggested that that more men were bisexual than weren't. So that, that raises the question, why do so few people call themselves bisexual?
0: The Kinsey Scale, invented by American sexologist Alfred Kinsey in 1948, rates people on a scale of hetero to homosexual with not being exclusively heterosexual and six being homosexual. So why do so few people call themselves bisexual? After all, research from media monitoring organisation GLAD has found bisexuals make up 52% of all LGB people, while in the UK, one in six 18 to 24-year-olds considers themselves bi but may not be using the label. So what's going on? Mark shares some personal thoughts.
1: As a kid, I had girlfriends, as a, as a teenager, I had girlfriends and was also attracted to men and had a boyfriend too. I had a boyfriend and a girlfriend simultaneously for, for much of my teenage years. Uh, the boyfriend was on the down low. Um, he knew about the girlfriend, but the girlfriend didn't know about him because the one desire was illicit and the other desire was was socially sanctioned. Somewhere along the line, I made a choice. And I made that choice, I, I can't say for certain whether I made that choice because my desire for men was stronger than my desire for women or because there was something about the whole package that was more attractive to me, not just sexual desire. But something cultural, something around gay identity, something about being queer—a way that I felt myself to be different, rather than conventional. But one way or the other, it just didn't seem possible to me that I could keep going on both those tracks. And so, rather than just saying, as as kids of today say, "Well, you know, I'm polyamorous, and and it it, it might be a man now, and it might be a woman later, and it might be a trans person or a gender gender fluid person or a non-binary person next," so. Even the word bi is, is sort of obsolete and binarist. Rather than, than having that, that option open to me, I attached my identity to that which felt sort of more attractive and stronger, which was the gay identity rather than the bi identity. Well, I did come out as bi, but I came out as bi as a transitional thing, the way many young people do. I came out as bi as, as a move into coming out as gay, But I could have stayed by and I didn't. And I don't know if that wasn't because of role models, because actually there were role models. I mean, one of the biggest role models for me was David Bowie. Now, um, you know, he he looms very large over my adolescence. And Bowie never ever said he was gay, but in everything he did, he projected a a, a sort of bisexuality. Maybe people don't come out as bi in a political sense because bi rights are sort of harder to argue for, harder to motivate for, I and mean, what, what are bi rights? So maybe bi is a, is a harder rights category to identify, and therefore it's harder to sort of coalesce as a political minority around it, the way gays and lesbians coalesced in, 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 in a gay movement sort of led by people like Harvey Milk in San Francisco. Maybe that's one reason. Maybe um, the bi identity is, is more of a cultural identity than a political identity.
0: Now it seems we're getting to the heart of it. Just what is the bi identity? Do we even have one? Is it more cultural than societal or political? Who are the role models for bi people and are they good role models? And is it attractive to people who are just coming out to identify with a bisexual label? You're listening to Why Bi on Virgin Radio Pride. I'm Nikki Hodgson. I spoke to activist Libby Baxter Williams, who runs the bi organisation Biscuit. Just how much do we know about bisexuality? And is that part of the problem? The more we know, the more we realise how little we know.
3: So when it comes to bisexuality, everyone thinks they know what it is. They think bi means two, sexuality, refers to sexuality therefore it must be this thing and therefore I understand it entirely you can't understand something that you haven't experienced you can give it a good guess you know you can do your reading but you'll never have the same level of uh, innate understanding as someone who actually lives a bisexual life Uh, and I, I think that's the biggest issue is everyone thinks they already know and if you already know why would you bother looking it up we are underrepresented despite being 52% of the lgbt community but up until the 90s bisexual people weren't really filtered out you know so uh, a friend of mine uh, another m- amazing uh, activist called marcus morgan tells a story about when they used to go to LGBT events, or as they were then, just LG events. And some would say, are you gay? And they'd say, yes, I'm bisexual. You know, they meant they were the same thing. And it really only came from the, the 90s. There was a lot of uh, involvement from radical feminists who saw bi women as encroaching on their space, which there are some arguments for. There are also arguments against. It's not my place to decide what a lesbian space should look like. But partially because of that and partially for some other kind of intra-community reasons, there wasn't much of a bi community for a really long time. And what was there was subsumed into the L and the G. And then in the 90s, uh, Prides started adding the B to their names and then shortly after that they added the t as well and things slowly started to change but we're not there yet Uh, so a lot of people think that being by means that you can um, inverted commas pass as a straight person and therefore you don't need community we find that that's very much not true not necessarily because of needing to be with people with the same kind of um, lifestyle as you, but because dealing with uh, bisexuality in a world that is really very against anything that um, smashes boundaries, anything that blurs boundaries, is really um, tiring and makes people
0: doubt themselves. Libby sums it up perfectly there. There just isn't the understanding or representation around bisexuality that we need... And nothing epitomises that more than what goes on at Pride.
3: So the very first big project I got involved in was a float in London Pride. It's transpired that there'd never been a by float in Pride in London in 47 years. It's just, like, such a massive thing that's just missing, like, like a quarter of the acronym is not represented... Uh, So I thought right well I'm not having that Threw up a a crowdfunder. Severely underestimated how much money we would need But luckily was able to then work with a couple of corporates And some charities to pull the money together And to see that uh, float in the parade um, I wasn't able to be on it Because despite having done all that work I still needed to be somewhere else but I, I was able to watch it um, and watch the crowd as the, f- the float went past. And it filled me with so much joy to see often teenagers who are seeing their sexuality validated for the first time. You know, they go to LGBT pride events, but they don't expect to see the bee represented, uh, which is kind of sad in itself. But when it is represented, people go nuts for it because... <laughs> they're so happy to not be marginalised
0: I think it's pretty incredible that it took 47 years for there to be a bi float at Pride in London no wonder bisexuals have felt marginalised now if you'd believe Lewis he says sex in the city has a lot to answer for he's a bisexual well I could have told you that sweetie
2: he took you ice skating for God's sake the weird thing is he was so open about it, you know, hi, I'm a bisexual, like, um, hi, I'm from Colorado or something.
4: My name is Lewis Oakley. I am a bisexual activist. You may have seen me with my top off in national newspapers, getting getting that message of bisexuality out there.
0: And this relates to Carrie Bradshaw How?
4: Do you remember Sex in the City? So there were were two things that happened in that. One was that Carrie dated a bisexual guy.
2: I'm not even sure bisexuality exists. I I think it's just a a layover on the way to gay town.
4: And then Samantha obviously dated a woman and she was called a lesbian. And it was like, you know what? Sex and City had such like the attention of the world at a certain point. You could have normalized male and female bisexuality in that to a point where people just got it. And I am such a believer in something just needs to have a moment. And people get it.
0: And people are like, oh my God. A moment, a point in time that could have normalised bisexuality for everyone. Whether that's true or not, Lewis is certainly the man to make bisexuality more visible. And that's what he spends his time doing.
4: For me, it's about, it's, it's a couple of things, right? It's about being positive about being a bisexual guy because we don't always see that. It's about holding LGBT groups to account of saying, you know, if you're going to say that you look after us, you damn well better do it. Um, And it is about, you know, pointing out the stigma, how stupid it is, and kind of, you know, having a bit of a battle and a fight for for the people that can't fight for themselves here and there. I think visibility is, is the biggest issue that we've got, to be honest. You know, like when I go and pick up my kids from school with my other half, it's like, oh, there's a straight couple. If I'd I'd have ended up with a guy and we'd have had kids, you know, it'd be like, oh, there's a gay couple. Same with, like, when we walked down the street. When I walked down the street with my ex-boyfriend, it was like, oh, there's a gay couple holding hands. Now, walking around, it's like, oh, there's a straight couple. Unless I'm wearing my bisexual T-shirt, then it's kind of obvious. There's this perception of, oh, this is just young, like, young people, like, having their, like, fun, and then they settle down. And it's like, well, they may settle down, but it doesn't change their hormones but because we're so visual we just kind of see it that way but i can understand how you would get to you know right now we've got like a 10 month old baby like we're not sleeping the last thing i need to do is go out like fighting for bisexual right like i'm doing it but i can understand how normal people be like i just don't have time for this like call me what you want i just want to sleep i got stuff to do i got a job and children there's no time for me to hold my placards and go marching down the street. So you think a lot of people just kind of have to get on with it. They don't have the time for this, which makes it a lot harder for the young people, because then I always, I'll never forget this. This will save me the rest of my life. And as I kind of said before, like, there was a time where I wasn't confident in my sexuality. And this was that time. And I was with my ex-boyfriend and his best friend turned to me and was like, bisexual, though. Like, you don't get any bisexual 30 year olds. Like, you know, you'll have to choose eventually. And I said, yeah, I know. Because I just wasn't confident. I couldn't defend myself. And like, it irritates me to no end that I didn't just put her in her place. But I think that the point is after 30, a lot of people have settled down and it's just that bisexuals are less visible then. So we don't don't think of it as something past 30, which is why people like us who are married or have kids, like it's even more important that we talk about it. So then people that are younger can put it and be like, no, like they're married with a child, they're bisexual. No, they're... In a polyamorous relationship they're bisexual and you know all those different examples of what bisexuality over 30 look like i mean i'm not over 30 yet i've still got like one month but
0: <laughs> we're getting there. lewis only there putting the world to rights by people despite being a sleep-deprived dad so it seems that visibility is everything we even now have politicians coming out as bisexual
2: my name is Mandy Reid. I'm the leader of the Women's Equality Party. and we're the, we're the first and only feminist political party in the UK. I believe I'm the first out bisexual woman to uh, lead a political party in Britain. And another bit of trivia, I'm also the first person of color to lead a political party in uh, UK history. I think there's still a fair amount of misunderstanding about what it means to be bisexual. I think that there's a fair amount of taboo and stigma that that still exists. And, And I think if you speak to bisexual people, you'll often learn from them that they spend time having to sort of justify and explain themselves because people make assumptions about how trustworthy you are or assumptions about whether you really know who you are. And so, I feel though the more that I get to have conversations like this, where there's a big audience, where I get to kind of just be real and authentic, I think that will pave the way for, you know, those issues to kind of start to thin out and settle down. But that's the main thing. Just there's a little bit of old fashioned judgmental attitudes that I think get flung at bisexual people. And those are based on just a misunderstanding of what it really means to be somebody that is sexually attracted to men and sexually attracted to women. That's all it boils down to, right? But there's still work to do, I think, to help more people understand the simplicity and straightforwardness of it. So what
0: are some of those old-fashioned opinions and misunderstandings?
2: We're all super promiscuous. That one is a pretty stubborn um, stereotype that we're sort of uh, sexually greedy, you know, we can't make up our mind about whether we're interested in men or women, um, and we are therefore fickle and it's unwise to trust us. I think those are the major stereotypes. And sometimes those stereotypes go into really dark places. You know, the, the, the assumptions of promiscuity can sometimes lead to people making assumptions about whether or not you have a sexually transmitted disease or whether you're spreading sexually transmitted diseases between communities. That is super offensive. It is super damaging. It's one of the more sort of persistent, stubborn tropes that have kind of clung to bisexual identity. And it's why I will say till the cows come home, the more we kind of just talk and tell the truth about what our lives are really like, the better, I think, the perception of people in our community will actually be.
0: But it's not all doom and gloom. As we're seeing, more and more people are feeling that they can talk more openly about their bisexuality. I mean, could we even have made this documentary five years ago? I think we wouldn't have had nearly as many people agree to speak with us. As Mandy says, things are looking more positive and more and more people from all walks of life are deciding to speak more openly about their sexuality as it's just part of who they are. I think
2: that's... A barometer in a way for how things have progressed and how things have moved on, and how in the 20th century um, there's a lot more kind of opportunity and possibility, and a lot less need to kind of do what I promised myself I wouldn't do when I went into politics. I promised myself I would not wear the fancy dress of being a politician. I decided that if I was going to do this, if I was going to go down this route, I wanted to be myself, unapologetically myself. I didn't want to have to gloss over or conceal any aspects of who I am. And I feel really good about the fact that in this country, at this time, it's possible. And it allows me to, I guess, provide something that I didn't have growing up, which is a visible and audible example, you know, to to just reference. And, And I think that's part of what politics should be about. Of course, there's winning power and making change, but there's also showing people that there's space for them, showing people that the world isn't about a kind of homogenous model of what it is to be in positions of power. And, and, and I think that I'm, I'm really pleased I made the decision to be open and honest, even though some people truthfully kind of counseled me against doing that. They said, nobody needs to know. It doesn't go down well with voters and uh, people in the public eye are confused about bisexuality. So maybe best if you play that down. And I just decided, no, I'm not doing that for all the reasons I've described. And I haven't regretted it for a second.
0: That's so encouraging to hear. And it seems that although bisexuality still suffers as being one of the least visible sexualities, there are people out there continuing to embrace the label, work for more money and representation and fight against the negative tropes. In our next episode, we're going to hear coming out stories and look at how important it is to identify with our sexuality and dig into the mental health challenges associated with bisexuality.
3: I really think it's valuable to tell positive coming out stories because people need to know that it's not all awful. And things are getting better, and things are getting better at speed now. You know, that the 80s and 90s and, and the first decade of this century it felt like we were kind of wading through treacle, maintaining a community but not really getting any visibility outside of that. And then high-speed internet came along. When
0: people like realise or learn that I'm bisexual, they automatically think, about like being a woman, they automatically think I fancy them or I want to jump on them or whatever. And I found that in the past quite a barrier for friendships. Everyone just thinks you fancy everyone and that's absolutely not the case. And everyone thinks that you want to threesome with everyone. Like, just because I'm bisexual doesn't mean I don't want to devote myself just to one person. <laughs> I'm Nikki Hodgson. Thanks for listening to Why Buy, a distorted production for Virgin Radio Pride. You can listen back to this episode and all the episodes in this documentary wherever you get your podcasts as part of the Virgin Radio Pridecast channel.